Thanks to Noon Hydration for its longtime support of Another Mother Runner and its exclusive sponsorship of this episode. Visit noonlife.com, that's N-U-U-N-L-I-F-E.com, to receive 20% off your order when you use promo code NOONAMR20. AMR Trains, a podcast about training and racing and endurance sports. I'm Dimity McDowell, co-founder of Another Mother Runner. It's race report day, so exciting. If you're anything like me, the race report is the best part of the experience. And it's also super bonding, especially right after the race. Um, but it also, you know, a couple of weeks after, it gives you a chance to process the overall experience, as well as think about the highs and the lows and what you do differently. We've definitely got some highs and lows for you today because we're going to share three race reports. I'm here with coaches Jennifer Harrison and Elizabeth Waterstrat, who coached me for seven months to compete in the USA Triathlon Long Course National Champion Aqua Bike, which is a 1.2 mile swim followed by a 56 mile bike. It's not riding your bike on the water, as some people have asked me. Um, we'll chat about that for a bit. And then we'll talk to Elizabeth about her experience at the 70.3 World Championships in St. George, Utah. And finally, we'll circle back to a whopper of a day at Ironman, Wisconsin with Jennifer. Stay tuned. Okay, let's start with me. (laughs) Um, We talked in early August about racing, digging in, going for it. So that was my overall goal. I just, I mean, I really wanted to race and feel feel like what it felt like to race and leave it all out there. Um, and because, you know, I can't ask myself the questions I'm going to ask you guys, put you guys on the spot. So, um, so Jen, I'm curious, um, and no, again, you are, you are here as my coach, not as my colleague. So how do you think I did? Horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. You know what? I, Elizabeth, I I know I, I speak for Elizabeth when I talk about you, you know, it was just so fun. It's fun to see the other side of you as an athlete versus a colleague. Yeah. Um, it's nice for you to see a little bit more of us as coaches, a little bit digging in, I guess, a little yeah. bit more detailed, looking at the data, looking at the trends, looking at putting together a race, you know, plan, a race strategy, a race season strategy to get you to this big goal. So I thought you did a great job. You were consistent, dedicated, and flexible. I think that's one of the key things with the training plan is that you, you know, life happens. Yeah. And you had a really heck of a heck of a a year with your daughter going off to college and all that the emotions of that is challenging and i think you handled that to the best of your ability hence landed you to a you know having a great race so i think you did a great job well thank you thank you what about race day liz i mean i know you you didn't see the course and we're going to talk about um me driving the course and stuff and some of the other stuff that you guys recommended that was so helpful but um was there was there anything that like i know it's hard to Again, I'm putting you on the spot, but was there anything that you would have done differently or anything you saw an opportunity that I didn't see? I think your execution was really good from start to finish, you know, physically. And I I didn't see any stone that you left unturned. Mm -hmm. You, You really went for it. And I think you really nailed that that factor that makes the big difference when you're when you're chasing a big goal. And that's the mental side of it. And 
I feel like, and I'm sure Jen agrees, that you you delivered on race day because you put yourself in that position and then mentally you were just there. So is there anything you can improve upon? I'm sure there's something really nitpicky that we could find. Sure. But when you step back and look at this, like I said it, on Facebook, you answered the call. <laughs> and and I don't know that we need to say any any more about it. The result speaks for itself. Yeah, well, and and yes, I mean, and so I finished third in my age group, which I was surprised because I didn't, I had, I, it was hard for me to figure out where I was in the race. Um, so, so let's just back up a little bit. So I think I talked to you guys on Thursday morning. My race was on Sunday, and usually in triathlons or that all the triathlons I've been in so far as an aqua biker, we the aqua bikers go last. Um, so you you line up for swim waves, and so they send off all the different age groups. Usually they send the men off and then the women off. And then like the relay people and the aqua bikers are at the back of the pack. And um, at this race, we were actually like second. They sent off like two age groups of young men, um, like up to like maybe 30 or 35. And then they put all the aqua bikers in the water. And then behind us was the rest of the men and then the, all the women that were not aqua bikers. And that scared me, right? Like, cause I was like, oh my God, all these fast men are gonna come up and swim over me, which is kind of what happened to me once. Um, and I didn't like that feeling at all, obviously. And um, and you guys, Jen, you were like, oh my God, you're in the best position ever because you're gonna know who's exactly in front of you. <laughs> like, yes, you can control the race from the front. It's, it's the best place to be, honestly, it really is. Yeah, well, that was so helpful to have that perspective because I was like, oh yeah, anybody who basically, or, you know, kind of my ER glass half empty is anybody who passes me is gonna beat me basically, right? I mean, um, and right. it, it, again, I had a hard time um, I don't know. It just, it just never thought, I never thought that I, sh that, that perspective didn't come to me naturally. So that was kind of fun. I was really happy to have that. But then once I got on the bike, it was hard for me to, it's not like a running race or I guess, I mean, it was just, it's not, it wasn't hugely populated, right? Okay. Let's be honest. There was, I think, um, eight people in my age group, there were 150 total aqua bikers. Um, but there was eight people in my age group. So it's not like it was like this huge, you know, Chicago marathon size field. So dimity, dimity, dimity. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. I, Elizabeth wants to no. say it too. We're going to say no. the same thing. Take that um, out. Exactly. You got to be in it to win it. I mean, yeah. that's the whole thing is that people discount their placement or they discount their race. Oh, there's, oh, it was, there was only 10 people or there was only a hundred or the marathon or the Ironman or something like that. You know what? Absolutely not. You showed up, you did the training, your results speak for themselves. You have third place. There's not an asterisk next to it. And that's like I said to one of my gals who did um, Ironman Muncie this past weekend and she, she races, she's almost 70. And there oh, was wow. two women in her age group and she got second and she was mortified by the fact that she was basically last in her age group. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like yeah. you were there and you know, like you were in the arena. Yeah. You no, were there. They, and that's they, what you got to remember. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. I agree. And I do see that it's, it's hard sometimes because it does feel like a little bit like the wicked step, not the wicked step, but like the stepchild of triathlon. Right. And it is a little awkward when I got off the bike and like basically you run across the mat. That's, you know, that's the end of your race. And then like all these like aqua bikers are like hanging out in the transition area <laughs> while the runners take off and you're kind of like, well, and then we like strolled over and we're walking over to get our finish line pictures. But I mean, yes, I'm not, I'm not diminishing my accomplishment. I definitely am not. And the other thing that actually 
will also nail that in as I was talking to somebody um, in like the, I think she was 50, 50 to 55 and we were, she got third in her age group as well. And we were talking, we were going to take pictures for each other at the podium. And she was, and I was like, and she had just recently stopped running, um, you know, because of, I can't remember why, but you know, and I was like, how does it feel? And she's like, it's hard, but she goes, you know, we all showed up, we trained. It was like, not like, you know, we came here riding a, um, you know, a tricycle and, you know, had like, you know, floaters on our arms. Like we, we trained just as hard as everybody else. It's just a different, a, a little bit of a different arena, I guess, you know? So, um, okay. So, okay. So I got, um, so let's go back to the bike race. It's hard though, because, and what, one of the reasons why I did bring out the numbers is that there weren't that many people. Right. And so it's hard sometimes to know, I don't know, how do you gauge where you are in the race? Do you have to have somebody, do you have to have a Jerome or a husband or a friend or somebody on the sideline saying you're second in your age group, you're fourth, whatever. Like, how do you do that? It is really hard. It's it's helpful to have someone on course. Yeah. You also need to decide, like, is that information that you want? Yeah. Is it going to help you or hurt you? You know, everyone's motivated by different things. Um, but when you when you come out of the swim in the front of your age group, you know, you, you kind of know. You yes. also can take a look around at the start and say, okay, everyone in my age group has pink caps, so I can keep an eye on the pink caps. But it's hard, but it, it just, it goes back to how, especially nowadays when they've done, really done away with a lot of mass starts, it is a race against yourself. It is a true time trial from start to finish, every second counts. And as long as you're giving yourself, giving the best effort that yeah. you can, you're racing and and it, and it matters. And, you know, it, do, it doesn't so much matter. It shouldn't matter if you're first or if you're 10th, you sure. should be giving your best effort throughout. Yeah, well, and that's definitely what I was. I mean, that's the thing is like, I was like, I don't know where I am right now. I mean, I, I saw some women, I saw some women go flying by me and I was like, okay, well, and then I saw like 26 on their calves and I was like, sweet, <laughs> not in my age group, don't have to worry about her. Um, but uh, but then I also, you know, tra I traded places with some women that I was, I, you know, I, they weren't necessarily, I thought one of them was in my age group and then, but then I realized that she wasn't, but it was just, it was just interesting because it wasn't, it isn't a mass start exactly. So you, so you don't have an idea of where you are, or how you're stacking up. And so, yeah, my two things that, um, I mean, we talked about in that August podcast and I kept coming back to was no regrets. Liz, you said, when you go on a plane to an, when you fly to a race, you want to get on the plane coming home and not have regrets. And I was like, that's exactly it. So no regrets and stay engaged. And like those two things, you know, as soon as I started to wander a little bit, it was like, nope, dimity, no regrets, stay engaged. What can you do right now? You know, and I just, it just made such a difference, right? I haven't had a race like that. I mean, really ever where I haven't just been trying to just kind of survive and get to the next mile. You know, I feel like for at least biking for sure gives you a lot more space to do that because it's not, it is a physical effort for sure, but it's not that intense effort of running, of moving your own body weight. Do you guys find that? Do you find that the biking gives you a little bit more space to push yourself? Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes it does. You Sometimes the heart rate tends to be a lower on the bike because it's just not as all, it doesn't use all the body muscles that the running does. So yeah. we can think on the bike a little bit more clearly than on the run. Yeah. Um, for sure, you know, and for you, it was nice because, you know, we were, Elizabeth and I were so adamant about all the nutrition and all the fueling and all the, you know, 
there's so much more to this race success for you than just, you know, you did the training, you handled some of niggles, you had your shoulder that bothered you and some other stuff that bothered you, but how to, how to adapt to the different, you know, like, um, the traveling that yeah. you did and, you know, the injuries that you had, not big injuries, but enough to put you back and, and a little bit, um, and manage that really well. And then, you know, you were on Zwift and then you were outside and you had to manage your road bike and your TT bike. There's a lot that went on with this training than just, you know, obviously riding your bike and, sure. and, uh, swimming. So there's a lot yeah. that goes with it that people aren't really willing to do sometimes and that you did and you stuck through it. And I think that's one of the the glories of, of success is setting these, these big goals, enjoying the process. Cause that's half the, that's half the battle. A lot of yeah. people don't enjoy the process. And then obviously nailing your goal or succeeding, whatever that is your definition of succeed is. And that's yeah. honestly, what else are we doing here? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what we, that's what we want to do. And many people fail and many people fail during the process or many people fail. And I, a lot, I know a lot of people don't like the word fail, Sorry, it's a real word. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to use it, you know. Um, and so you just, you know, Elizabeth and I just, I, we just had fun. We had fun watching you prog progress through this and then watching you meet your goals. Elizabeth and I were texting back and forth all morning. And that's that's the, the fun part of our job. That's what yeah. we love the most is people racing and, and doing great, whatever that great is for you, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Well, so um, Liz, one of the things that you guys are really adamant about in addition to fueling and mentally preparing and all that is um, is kind of giving the race some space in your brain during race week. Um, you know, so every time I raced, you know, whether it was this week or, you know, for this big race or doing you know, the other ones that I did this season, like every time you wanted me to write out a race, like my race week, what it looks like, what I'm going to eat like Thursday night, Friday night before the race, you know, um, what my fueling plan looks like, what the weather's going to be. And, you know, part of me is like, oh, you know, another, another checkbox on my to-do list, but it is really helpful because it gives you, it puts you there, right? It makes you think about it and not just show up to the expo and be like, oh God, what's the course again? Right? So can you talk a little bit about that, Liz, and just why it's so, so important? And is, oh, I'm sorry, my dogs are really loud <laughs> that's all right they have something to say too um so what can you talk a little bit about that sure you know what when you go to a race if you don't have a plan that you've thought through it's kind of like getting in your car saying i'm driving to colorado and just pointing your car west you sure. might get there yeah. or you might end up in montana so you want to take the time to just think it through and you know, we do that because it helps you to get organized and say, okay, these are the things I need to gather for race day, or this is the schedule of events on race day. Um, it also just gives you that roadmap on race day of where is this going? What do I need to do? You know, just things, checking boxes in your head as you go along. Um, and another part of that too is on race day, you are stressed. And when we are stressed, we don't make good decisions under under duress or stress. Yeah, sure. And um, there's a lot of anxiety. So the less thinking you have to do on the race day, the more you free up that space in your brain for just performance versus yeah. I don't know what to do next. So, you know, we have people write out their race plan. We keep it really detailed. Things that will impact your race, nutrition, 
the weather, your pacing plan. And then we also go so far as saying, okay, what are some of the mantras or the self-encouragement that you can use during the race? Because that's really important too. And then the last piece of it, and I think this is the most important piece, is planning out that those what if scenarios. Yeah. So Dimity, for you and your race, what if, you know, what if my goggles fogged up? What if my goggles got knocked off? What if I got a flat tire on the bike? Um, what if I cramped? So just thinking through some of these things. So when that stuff happens on race day, you pull it out of your brain and go, okay, I know what to do. I can handle this versus freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. That That's so it's, and it was, it is really helpful. I, I, I highly, highly recommend it, especially if you're heading into a marathon, you know, this is marathon month and um, it just, it was really, it was well worth the time. Um, the other thing that, that you had me do, which I probably would have done anyway, but I liked, I liked it was, um, driving the course on Friday. My race was on Sunday and there was other races on Saturday. So I went there on Friday and I checked out the lake and I, you know, you go and check in where you're going to, you know, come in from the swim and leave from the bike and all that kind of stuff. But then I drove the course and um, I'm curious, like, <laughs> this was a really hilly, it was a very hilly course, like depending upon what you looked at, it was somewhere between like 3,700 feet of climbing and like 45, depending upon, you know, if it's Garmin or Matt My Ride or whatever. But, you know, you're always kind of either going up or down or most of the time you were. And that can either like intimidate you or kind of give you confidence. And um, I'm curious, uh, Jen, like what, like, cause Matt, uh, Ironman Wisconsin was also really hilly, like driving the course for that. Like what, how do you kind of mentally reconcile the effort it's going to take that day? Yes. Well, one of the things that's really important is that the athletes know the course terrain and the elevation before the race. Yes. So when you told us that you were doing New York, Elizabeth and I looked up the course, we knew the elevation, we yeah. knew how the course was laid out. We looked at the, you know, the, uh, uh, elevation for obviously there's you know not the swim, but we looked at how the swim was set up so that we could effectively coach you for that and get you ready for that. So as a coach, that was really important for Elizabeth and I, and we do that for athletes. And then as an athlete, just the comfort, you know, like a hilly course, like if you lived in New York, you being able to ride that course beforehand yeah. would have been a gem. Of course, that's not always possible. But it was like the course, it was like Memphis this past weekend. It rained horribly for these athletes. And I think the athletes that did the best on that course were the ones that lived there, that knew the rolling terrain, knew the undulations. So, you know, my advice is if you live near the course, and this is an A race, take the time to go there and ride the course. If you can't ride it, that's okay. Make sure you drive it before the race day. It's just imperative to get your head around it mentally. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Um, well, and so for what it's worth, um, before we before we move on to um, Liz's St. George experience, I did soak it up. So I went I went and crossed the finish line in my flip flops and like held up my number and got some good pictures and stuff. And then I went back and I sat on a little bench by the lake and um, and I got a little teary just because um, I was texting back and forth with you guys and, and with Grant, my husband and you know, and it was just, um, it was just exciting. And it was just so fulfilling to have that feeling of like, yes, this is exactly what I set out to do. And I did it. And it just feels so crisp and clear, which, you know, don't, we don't get much, right? That's probably why we race, you know, it's that like, okay, I did it. And now, um, now just let me soak it up for a little bit. So yes. And like I said earlier, honestly, there is nothing better in the sports arena of our life than setting a goal enjoying the process and executing the goal. It honestly, it doesn't get any better in our sports life. So I'm glad, and Elizabeth and I were 
felt really strongly, just soak it up. You know, I think sometimes people, either they have a good race or a bad race and they try to turn it around so quick and they're not taking the time to celebrate. I'm here to tell you it is the most important thing, you, you know, you can do is celebrate it. And then, yeah, and then set goals, you know, that, the next new goals because it yeah. will be motivating. So I, I think we're glad to hear that you did that. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So, Liz, you set out for uh, St. George, Utah. When was that race? Was it mid-September or early September? It was around September 17th. Okay. All right. And um, did you guys drive out there or did you fly out there? No, I flew into Vegas. You flew into Vegas. Okay. And then it's, with... it's a short drive. All right. Well, some of your athletes, you had athletes with you that you coach or? I had six athletes racing and I went with a friend. Okay. Okay. And so, um, so tell us what were, what were your goals for yourself for that race? After winning, we should, we should put uh, an asterisk there after winning the sprint national championships for your age group. So you've already like, you know, achieved some great stuff this summer. So you're heading to St. Yeah. George to do what? Well, this was a race I qualified for in December of 2019. Okay. And at that time it was supposed to take place in 2020 when I was turning 45. So entering a new age group. So I even spoke about it on some of the podcasts. Yes. And I wanted to go and contend for one of the top spots on the podium. Why not? Yeah. You know, dream big. And um, then it got canceled in 2020. And then I got really sick earlier in the summer. So I had, you know, a good reason to say, well, maybe not this year. But I'll tell you what, I got about eight or nine weeks out from this race. I thought to myself, I just have to get this stupid race off my race calendar. Yeah. <laughs> there is no more putting this off. And, you know, I, I, I counseled some really good friends and great athletes on that. And they all encouraged me, go for it. Why not? Tomorrow is never guaranteed. You may never get this opportunity again. Yeah. So I was going for it. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Okay. So how did the swim go? Um, I feel like I should back up a few, yeah, a few, a few uh, minutes before the swim. Okay. So, and, and this is not something I will tell the story about very often. So going into the race, I had, let's just call it my IT band was cranky. Okay. And I do not go into races injured. I never have gone into a race with an injury before. And it was incredibly stressful and yeah. emotionally taxing, like in a way I didn't think about really. Uh, and, you know, I remember standing on the driveway waiting for the Uber to come pick me up for the airport. And I said to my husband, I will never go to a race like this again, because it was just not, it, it's not how you want to go to a race, but I figured do everything I can just to get to the start line, you know, as healthy as I can be pain-free and just open to the possibility of the day. Sure. Um, so, you know, and, I did all the things I could to manage it. And in the few days before the race, it wasn't completely gone, but it was significantly better. Um, so I, I felt okay, just, you know, taking a risk on the day and seeing how it played out. Okay. Um, so the swim, so this was, this is kind of fun. One of the perks of being an old lady now is we were the very last wave to go off at almost 10 AM. Oh, geez, so that's, that's so late. <laughs> it was so late in the desert, in the, in the desert. Uh, oh. And I mean, this is like 11 a.m. my own time. So I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to be out there racing until late afternoon. How do you eat for that? So it, it took, you know, quite a few breakfasts and coffees and yeah. and pre-race gels and a lot of a lot of trips to the porta potty. But um, you know, I got right up there in the the front of the line, 
So they, they send you off like 10 people at a time. So I was right up there at the front, confident as I could be. And just like, I'm, I'm here today to race. So let's go. So the swim was okay. I mean, I passed the halfway point at, on track to swim 30 to 31 minutes. And I think to myself, this is great. This is right where I want to be. This is great. I didn't see too many caps in front of me. And then maybe about 400 meters to go, I'm swimming. And I'm like, what's all this water around me? Like, what am I doing with my stroke and my right arm? I just felt like there was water coming at me. And it started to get really hard to sight. And I see like the kayaks kind of like tipping all over the place. And then I realized, oh my gosh, it's raining and there's a really bad storm. And I think those last 400 meters took me like an extra five minutes. Oh my gosh. To, to swim in. It was just all of a sudden, you know, I was going nowhere. And I got out of the swim and surprisingly, my IT band did not hurt at all as I was running, but I noticed all of the gates, you know, those gates they put up to keep spectators out of transition. Yeah. They were all knocked down. And I'm thinking, this is odd. And all I could see were the chairs they had for us to sit in to take our swim stuff off, but no gates anywhere. Well, so I'm kind of piecing this together while transitioning really quick. And I'm like, okay, there's a really bad storm blowing through right now. And there's high winds and it's pouring rain. Um, So I transitioned quickly. I grabbed my bike and I'm running with my bike and it's kind of squiggling all over the place. And I think that was because of the wind. And the next thing I knew, my bike like crashed oh <laughs> as my I'm gosh. running through transition. Oh my gosh. And then I think I must have slipped while holding it and I fell on my bike. And I was right by like a line of spectators behind the one fence that was still standing. And they're trying to help me because my chain has come off and I'm not able to get it back on, which was a little odd. Um, few minutes go by and this whole time in my head, I'm thinking, oh my God, what is going on? Like, this was not the what if moment I planned for. Yeah, yeah. I, I planned to like have to hold my IT band in my hand yes. on the hills, not put <laughs> the chain back on in transition. And so I finally get my chain back on and I'm like, okay, okay, few minutes lost. It's like a five hour race. This is not a big deal. So I start pedaling my bike and I approach the first hill and I go to shift and my bike just, the pedals just lock and I clip out. And I look and my rear derailleur, which is responsible for shifting the gears, is now in my rear wheel spoke. And I think to myself, this is not good. This is is (laughs) probably not fixable. And my day is probably over. So I try to fix it. It's not happening. Um, So I start walking back in the pouring, it's pouring rain still. All these people are buzzing by me and going and going and they're offering, can I help you? And I'm like, no, no, no. And I get maybe like a half mile down the road and a school bus pulls up and it it was, it was, it was, and I think I said this on social media, it was like in Ferris Bueller's day off when (laughs) the principal has like, he's, he's, he's gotten like, you know, he's tried to climb the fence. He's gotten bitten by the dog and he's tattered and his lip is bloody and the school bus pulls up and they let him off. That was me with my bike (laughs) helmet And the woman starts driving me back to transition. And I saw my friend on the side of the road helping someone fix a flat tire. And I said, just let me out by her because without her, I have no way to get out of this race site. Um, And that was it. That was my race. It lasted all of about 35, 36 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Wow. (laughs) Wow. And so how did you, um, I mean, give me your perspective on that. Were you 
mad? Were you sad? Were you crying? Were you laughing or all of the above or? It, it is what it is. Yeah. It, it was not something I could have controlled. It wasn't something I anticipated. Like I said, it wasn't on my what if list. Like, what if my bike breaks? What do I do then? Yeah. Yeah. There was nothing I could do. And I just quickly shifted gears and said, okay, we're going to go back to the hotel. We're going to get showered and we're going to head out to the run course and cheer on our athletes. And that's what we did. Um, every, you know, my athletes had smiles. One of them won her age group and it was just a great day. And then I said, okay, we're shifting gears again. We're going to spend the rest of the day eating candy and hiking at Zion National Park. So perfect. Just, Good for just you. made the best of it, had a yeah. great time and yeah. still got on the plane with no regrets. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Is your bike fixed? No, no, no. The best part is little old me cracked my frame when I fell on it. I don't understand the, oh, the physics geez. of that. Right. So I don't, I don't have a bike, uh, but, but it can get fixed, but it was just kind of funny. It was like everything that could have gone wrong for this race did go wrong and it's off my schedule now. So I can move on. It's off your schedule. That's <laughs> what well, that is for it's sure. out of my system. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Wow. All right. All right. Well, and I love that you, I mean, do you, are you thinking about it all now? Like, you know, a, a couple of weeks past the fact, like, do you ever be like, oh, dang it. I wish that wouldn't have happened. Or is that just like, no, no, no because uh, like this terrible storm blew in. It was, it, it was a mess. Know. Yeah. It was kind of a mess of, of, a, of a race. And maybe it was a blessing in disguise that I didn't, I wasn't out there. Maybe something worse would have happened. I don't know. You know, we can yeah. come up with all kinds of stories, but no, no, no I'm, uh, I'm good. You're good. You're good. I'm all good. right. All right. I've been a loyal user of noon hydration tablets since well before another mother runner came into existence, which is one of the many reasons I'm proud that noon has supported us since our earliest days. Noon Sport is the perfect product for runners. It helps you stay hydrated thanks to the electrolytes it contains, and its tasty flavors encourage you to drink more water because it tastes good. Noon Sport contains all the electrolytes our hardworking bodies need, potassium, sodium, calcium, and magnesium. Each tablet has 15 calories or fewer, and Noon is vegan, kosher, gluten-free, and non-GMO. I drink Noon Sport immediately before I start a workout, whether it's a run, a strength session, or a swim. Out of its nine flavors, citrus fruit is my favorite. It's a tasty tart blend of lemon, lime, and orange. I drop a citrus fruit noon tablet into a bottle of water before I put on my socks and shoes so it's dissolved and ready to drink right before I head out the door. If I'm going for more than 75 minutes or so, I also add a tablet to my handheld water bottle so I can sip it on the go and when I stop to take in an energy gel. And you better believe it's in my waste pack bottles when I run a marathon. Noon Sport is one of an entire line of hydration tablets and powders our longtime friends at Noon make. Whatever flavor or variety of Noon you want, get 20% off your entire order by visiting NoonLife.com and using promo code NoonAMR20. That's N-U-U-N-L-I-F-E.com and code NoonAMR20, N-U-U-N-A-M-R-2-0, all one word, to save 20%. NoonLife.com. And that code again, noon AMR twenty. Okay, well, so now let's let's move on to um. So if that is like our like one low, then we <laughs> a low and a high. I mean, because you were having a great day. So so Jen, you were did um, Ironman Wisconsin. So that was the week before Liz's race, correct? Correct. Correct. Yep. Okay. So talk us through. Okay. So, and I, I read, you wrote a nice blog about it. You were going to, to try to win your age group, right? Just like Liz was going to kind of see what she could do. 
Um, maybe you didn't have the, the health history she had this summer, but you were you were ready to rock and roll, right? I was, yeah, I, I, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was, you know, I felt good, you know, I felt as good as I could at 50. Um, I had some calf niggles and some Achilles niggles early on in the season that kind of impacted my middle of the season, but no, I, I was 99.9% .9 healthy going into Wisconsin. Yeah, which is a miracle of all miracles. And I knew that, um, you know, I trained hard, training was going well, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I still, it's funny though, because it's just, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know, you know, I don't know if it's, I just didn't know what happened out there. Yeah, like, yeah, was, well, yeah, so, so people don't, so if you don't follow you on Facebook or that kind of thing, so let's back up. So you went out okay. for the day, um, so the swim, let's talk through the swim. Um, so you were looking sure. for, yeah, you, you wore your long sleeve wetsuit? No, 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 no. Oh, you just wore I, your regular one. I wore my sleeveless, which sleeveless. I don't love, but it's fine. You know, I don't really care. Um, okay. I wore my sleeveless because the water for me was hot, 72, 73. Yeah. Um, and the air was not hot, but it was humid out. So I wanted as, the least amount of rubber on my body as possible. I was so hot. And in hindsight, after I had time to process the race, I got in a little bit of trouble in the swim because it was, for me, really hot. A lot of people didn't struggle with that, but I always struggle with the heat and it's, it's uh, even worse now for me yeah. at 50. Yeah. Um, and I don't think people really understand that, but it's a, it's a, it's a big deal. That's what I talked to about, you know, obviously with all my 50 plus women, but um, anyway, I just had a really shitty swim. I mean, there's just no way around it. The first yeah. lap was fine. Yeah. I came through, uh, I think 32, which is kind of slow for me. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but I was fine. I mean, it was an Ironman, right? So I, I, I could, I, I knew going into the swim that I was going to probably swim between a one and a 105. And that was okay. my goal without too much effort. Um, I didn't want to put out too much effort because a couple minutes on a swim effort is not worth it long and that long of a day. And I can't, the second loop, I could not get over. And it's not an excuse. It's just kind of a fact that I wasn't, I almost wasn't prepared for. I've never really done a two loop swim in an Ironman. Huh. You know, oh. Kona's a one loop swim. Uh, I did Arizona, you know, one loop swim. So I almost wasn't prepared for the mayhem that I came upon. Oh, and that's my fault for not recognizing it because I sure as sure shit got my athletes ready mentally for that. But then I almost couldn't process it. People were still getting into the water when I was coming in. They were panicking. They were bobbing. They were talking. Their medical was called. Uh, kayakers were put us, pushed us to the side. So not an excuse. I just mentally... It wasn't that it was mental. I just couldn't get back into a rhythm. So I sure. struggled on the second part of the swim. I think I got out in 106, which for me is really slow. But I don't, I really, when I say this, I really truly mean this. I don't care about my times. Yeah. I just cared about my placement. And I, I, I sincerely at 50 really mean that because what am I, you know, I'm not chasing times anymore. God help us. So <laughs> Rome screamed at me here in second and Heather, who I coach, is you know 45 seconds out so i'm like oh fine i no no perfect good so yeah. i didn't think again about it however the hole that that put me in from a dehydration standpoint it was so hot like the entire time i'm pulling on my wetsuit letting cold air in and just kind of struggling through the heat of that race um for myself you know yeah. i'm sure other people were fine but i struggled through it so anyway i got on the bike no problem started Drinking and fueling felt great. Came through halfway fine. Had to stop and get off your bike at special needs, which I kind of was ready for because it's COVID. So you, it's the handoffs are a little bit different now. 
um, got what I needed. And I just started to fade on the second half of the bike. I hated it. Uh, I was hot, not hot because it was cold out, not cold, but it was 70 something. I was just kind of miserable. And in hindsight, I just didn't drink enough. I mean, that's, I mean, basically it's what happened. So I was taking in the, the calories and the fluids, but like why Elizabeth and I give athletes these race plans is, is because you really can't think when you're out there. Yeah. And one of the things that as an athlete, I just have done well up until I'm in Wisconsin, for the most part, I have had some falls of course, and stumbles, but I, I don't tend to overthink anything or think about anything. Well, it's a little bit of a problem. If you're struggling in an Ironman, you need to think. Yeah. Um, and I have always just raced and raced hard and raced my guts out. And that's, has brought me the success over the years, but I didn't think process. I wasn't processing. I was tired. I was crabby. Yeah. I hated the bike. I hated the course. Um, I was stressed about getting a mechanical because every time I was up there all summer, I was getting mechanicals. Oh, so, wow. um, yeah, but no big deal. I got off the bike. I was in second. Jerome's like, you're in second. I had passed Heather, uh, my athlete. And then another girl, uh, was kind of with me and she was, she was far enough up that I was like, okay, fine. So I got into the run. I felt awesome. Like, I'm like, well, this is so easy. I felt so awesome. <laughs> I can't believe how crappy I felt on the bike. Yeah. So I'm running. And, you know, I don't run with a Garmin, but I knew I was running. Uh, I should have ran with a Garmin in hindsight, of course, but I, I did ride with power and data on my bike, but um, I was running and oh my God, I feel great. And I was running 840s, 850s, probably a tick fast, but not, not terrible for me. Okay. Um, and I literally was taking in, you know, Coke and water and the stuff I needed to, I carried a handheld. Um, I felt great. And then I felt great until I didn't feel great. And I had basically no warning. And it was the, the most bizarre thing that's ever happened to me racing. I just went from, I was about 13 or 14 miles in. So I'm halfway through the marathon. Yeah. I've been second, but gaining on first, um, I knew where first was, um, but you know, you can't really, you got to do your own race in the Ironman. It's not yes. like it's a 5k where you're like, chase, you know, like going crazy. So I, and, and Jerome was telling me, oh, she's running slower, she's getting slower. So I kind of knew where I was. I knew where Heather was. She was in third now. Um, and I went into the Badger Stadium, which is the, where Wisconsin plays. And it's just like this little loop around. And all of a sudden I just felt my fingers, the, the pure signs of when you really screwed something up, felt my fingers get tingly. I, I had saw stars and I just, the, 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 I was going black. Like everything just went, and all of a sudden I came out of Badger Stadium. There's like a little tiny hill, like a little tiny hill at Badger Stadium. And it was the first time I'm like, oh my God, I have to walk. I'm like, oh my God. You know, and I had walked briskly to get some nutrition through aid stations, but that was sure. planned. Yeah. So when it's sure. not planned, it's stressful. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I've got to walk. Oh, no, no, no. I'm like, yeah. ah. But I still felt fine. And all of a sudden I just came up, up outside and that was it. I was down. You were down and meaning, I looked, you, meaning you fainted. I just we went don't down. Know. Yeah, I fainted. Okay. Yeah. Just went down. And I didn't know what happened. And all of a sudden, all these people were around me, which I which looking back was really sweet of them because it was COVID and I'm disgusting. And 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 the guy leaning over me was a not even a volunteer. He was a spectator. He's like, Oh my God, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't know. And at the same time, and, and, and this is totally disgusting. So I'm so sorry. Everything, my whole body shut down. I had 
I literally crap myself. Like, like literally not even when you have to like, Oh, I have to go to the bathroom. You know how you, you when everyone, you, Oh, I got to go. Let me just make it to the next port of genre. Let's me make it to the next tree. No, I had no control. No, it just Boom. went. So just not went. only did I faint, I crapped myself so bad and I wanted to throw up. So I kept fighting the, the urge to throw up. And so I didn't know what had happened. All I knew is I was on the ground. Yeah. Paramedics were called. And in the Ironman, unfortunately, if anybody touches you from outside, you're done. I So I couldn't continue. But I, the whole time, I'm, I I was like in this nightmare. It's like living this nightmare of like, oh, my God, no, I have to get up. I can't. Oh, my God, I cannot not finish the sprints. Oh, my God. No, no, I'm in second place. And and so they had emergency services there. Yeah. So they called Jerome. Jerome, who knows? Jerome was up there waiting for me, knowing I wasn't coming through. He ran over. Paramedics put up the EKG. I'm on the ground. Jerome didn't tell me this until literally this weekend in Rhode Island. He goes, do you know that you were just laying in your crap the entire time? (laughs) (laughs) Well, what else were you going to have done? I mean, you know, like that's, that's not our priority right now. We had to make sure that you're like, like, you didn't need to tell me that detail because I didn't need to know that. Like, yeah, you know, anyway, so I'm talking, this is too long of a story, but no, it's not. No, it's not. So you you got the EKG and, and I mean, EKG, because honestly, I have to be honest, uh, completely honest. I was really stressed or worried it was in my heart. Of course. Because it was yeah. so sudden for me and yeah. out of my character. So yeah. it wasn't. My EKG was clean. Um, my blood pressure was 80 over 50. My blood that, glucose. My is that good? One, is it, yeah. No, it, it's so low. 80 over 50 is low. Okay, I don't know blood Very pressure. low. In okay. fact, the paramedics, it kind of freaked the paramedic out. And he was insistent. And we went to the ER. And you could tell he wasn't an Ironman guy. And, I, and yeah. Cheryl, my husband, was like, no, 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 no. Just give her some time. Yeah. And so they put an IV in, they put the anti-nausea, the Zofran, whatever, the anti-nausea meds, put an IV in me, EKG, wouldn't let me go and and um, got my blood pressure back up to like 110 over 75 or something. So better, not okay. great, but better. And, and I just said, take me to the Ironman med tent and let me talk to a doctor there because they'll know versus some ER in Madison. Um, sure. This was a long time. I have no idea how long this was happening. Yeah. All I know is I was laying in there shivering, freezing, which is another sign of all that mess. And Jerome was sweating, pouring buckets. Same with the uh, guy, the paramedic. And I was like, it's freezing in here. And they're sweating. I mean, like sweating. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So they brought me back. And this whole time, I'm like, I can't believe I'm in an ambulance. I'm like, I can't fucking believe I'm in an ambulance. I'm like, this is like my worst nightmare sports-wise. This is yeah. my worst nightmare. And so we get back to the med tent. They wheel me into the med tent. I'm like, oh my God. My mom <laughs> and dad are there. Okay. Oh, wow. My girlfriend from high school came because this was what I wanted to do for my 50th. And they, to this day, think I'm, you know, why can't we just go to Vegas? And um, I'm in the med tent and I'm so miserable that finally the doctor comes over and that finally they meet me at the thing. And he just basically said, we don't know what's wrong, but there's some, I can't say this word, osmolality issue with your blood and your, not blood, you know, but everything that's going on, you were totally out of whack. And the only way your body could shut you down was you'd have this vasovagal response, which sounds worse than it really is. It's basically just your body's central governor saying, you're done. That's it. And it happens, you know, how sometimes men are are with their women and they're having babies and they faint. It's the same thing that I'm with, you know, it's just, too much. My body said, no, I screwed stuff up so bad and my body just shut me down. And the only way to shut me down was to, to get me basically faint. And, and so, that was that. 
I mean, to simple oversimplify it, did you not drink enough and take too much salt or yes. did you that? Yeah. Okay. Pretty okay. much. Pretty much. Just oversimplify. My electrolytes were off. I was taking salt tabs on the run. Okay. Um, and I wasn't drinking enough, but I didn't know I wasn't drinking enough because I felt so good on the run. And I yeah. think in hindsight, if I would have felt shitty on the run, this would have all made sense to me and I could have tied a nice little bow around it, but yeah. I felt so good on the run and that still, still makes me crazy. However, I didn't feel good on, didn't feel good the whole day, basically. Yeah. So the yeah. slam, you know, if you just back everything up, you, there's always reasons to what happened and stuff. But yeah, that was, yeah, that sucked. It yeah. sucked. It sucked. Yep. Well, so yeah. So, okay. Just, uh, these are just logistical questions that I'm curious about. Um, no, would you have done your wet, like if you had, would you have swum in a swimsuit or a different wetsuit if you would have known what you know now, like, or would you have done that wetsuit again? Well, I kind of have to wear the wetsuit, but I would have, I think I probably might have worn a, a short john, the ones okay. that come up to your knees yeah. or, or swim shorts. Okay. Okay. Because I, I don't mean to say that I'm a good enough swimmer because it sounds really cocky. But you um, are. You've been a swimmer your whole life. I could have faked that and done better and just been in swim shorts or something. Yeah. Yeah, I would have lost a few minutes. Um, but in the overall scheme of the day, it yeah. wouldn't have landed me into this hole that I, that I was kind of in. Okay. And then you said you didn't wear your Garmin on the run and you should have. So why? Why? Because you would have been monitoring your heart rate or why? Yeah, would you my have... heart rate would have showed this for sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My heart but... rate would have showed the suffering. It would have been really low. Even though, even though I felt great and I have enough experience in my racing to know that I felt good, but I didn't see the trends. And I, I don't even know if I would have looked at the Garmin if I wore it. Yeah. So I, I don't regret, there was no regret with that. Sure, um, sure. I'm not quite sure I would have, you know, everything I do is, is feel. I mean, I wear a heart rate monitor and a Garmin in training a lot of the times. I tend, just tend not to race a run, the Ironman run in it, but. Sure, okay. So Liz, you were up the course. What mile were you at? <laughs> I was on, uh, what is that, State Street? I we we don't know what mile we were at. Maybe seven. Maybe, it, the course is like all these loops. Okay. And I so here's what's funny. I had gone into the Walgreens to buy a bag of bridge mix. So Jen and I have watched Ironman Wisconsin so many times together. We always go buy. If you make like, me cry, rocks. I'm gonna kill you. No, but it's <laughs> it's funny though. The Brock's like bridge mix, and yes. the joke is the joke is you can't throw it at the spectators like the malted milk balls because you'll injure them. <laughs> or not the spectators, the racers. Okay. So I bought this bag, and I'm like, and my husband's like, why are you buying that? I'm like, no, I'm gonna throw it at Jen when she comes by, and she'll roll an ankle. So, so, but I'm in line in this Walgreens and there's, Madison is a very colorful little town. There's like some crazy guy behind me going, don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. Oh my I'm gosh. like, he's talking to himself. I just want to get out there. I'm going to miss Jen. So yeah, we're waiting there with the bridge mix and, you know, you can see on the tracker, well, we figured out you, we could see exactly where she was and she wasn't moving anywhere. But I mean, we waited a long time because we're like, oh, people have mishaps in Ironman all the time. They like when I was in Madison one year, I saw a woman go into the bus stop shelter and take a nap for 30 minutes. So <laughs> it just, right. I mean, it just anything happens in Ironman. You just don't know. And we sure. figured she would just be popping along or maybe she her her tracker didn't pick up. But um I was with a friend and he was able to contact the med tent and uh, we saw that, that she was in there, but you know, we waited and we were worried about her. I, I was a little worried about her. I saw her early on in the run and she didn't look quite herself or sound like what I said to her. She repeated it back to me and I thought, huh, that's really strange. Usually Jennifer has something 
colorful to say sure, or sure. different to say. Um, but basically, I said to her, I can't believe I'm up here watching you do this stupid race, which is really just my my way of saying, you know, I adore you so much. I drove all the way up here <laughs> to watch you do this thing and throw candy at you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh okay, though. It'll, I'll, I'll throw candy. I'll, I told her, I'm like, I'm, I'm not a medicine. If we're gonna, next time we throw candy, we'll be together on the sidelines. Right, yeah. <laughs> or I'll come up to your house and just throw it at your window. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Well, so, um, so Jen, I mean, I, you know, I, I was, has, I mean, we saw what happened. I was tracking you and then it just stopped. Right. And it, it's, it is, it's very alarming when that happens because especially at a race like Ironman, because you know, it's not um, the systems necessarily, you know, they've got, you know, they're, they've done this enough times where it's not like, Oh, that, that timing mat didn't work, you know? <laughs> right. Um, so, so we I mean, just talk a little bit about kind of, I mean, you went to the, you went to the finish. So you, and true, what I believe to be Jen Harrison fashion is you go, you're like, no, I'm going to go sit at the finish line, even though the doctor says I'm not supposed to and cheering your athletes. Is that correct? Yeah. So if you back up just a second, so I, I get to the med tent and they wouldn't let me leave, of course, because they wanted me to go to the ER. But then once the doctor cleared me, then I was okay, blah, blah, blah. They wouldn't let anybody into the med tent because COVID, but my good friend, Dr. Mia, was able to come in. So she came in and kind of got the lay around. She went out to talk to my parents and, uh, you know, friends and Jerome and everything. And um, I told Jerome to go back to the hotel and get me clothes. And they put this whole, they stood up there with the blankets up and so I could get out of my your crap my pants. Kit pants. Because I, my <laughs> pants. Because I said to the doctor in typical Jen Harrison fashion, listen, I know what mess you're dealing with right now, but you're going to have a bigger mess if you don't let me get out of these shorts now because I'm going to have a UTI or yeast infection or something's going to be so bad that I, so I'm starting to get my sense of humor back because now I have the meds in me. I have the IV. I still can't believe, you know, where I'm at. But anyway, yeah. so then the doctor goes, well, what are your plans for tonight? I'm thinking, <laughs> what are my plans for tonight? I'm going to go curl up in the fetal position and cry. What are you doing? Yeah. And he's like, well, you can't. I don't want you leaving. I said, I'm not leaving. I've got, I mean, I had 24 athletes doing Ironman Madison. Wow. So I got two dozen athletes doing Madison. I'm going to get out on the sidelines and cheer. He's like, no, you're not. You have to go back to the hotel. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm not going back to the hotel unless you tell me that I'm going to like, you know, do damage to my heart, which was cleared by the way. So no, I put on who knows what I was wearing. They got me, my dad and mom got me in one of those football chairs or chairs. And I sat near the finish line kind of up front and cheered every single athlete on pulled me off at like 1150 when my last athlete came through um yeah wow and that was it i felt like absolute shit but yeah you know yeah it it was you know but i that was important to me and you know anyway that's what we do because the week after ironman wisconsin was really was really hard because i I couldn't, I didn't have time or clarity to process my own race. Yeah. I can talk in clarity now because I know what happened, but I didn't, couldn't figure it out. I mean, I'm not stupid. I knew kind of what happened, but I wanted to have clarity. Yeah. I had no clarity yeah. because I'm a coach and I went, I talked to every single one of those athletes after their races about their success and every single one finished and every single one did awesome and PR and, you know, it was, it was great, but man, was it a kick in the gut every single time. Yeah. 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 Well, and I mean, yeah, that's the thing, right? It's like, and it's, it's, you feel this, um, 
this you feel this uh conflict and, and a human conflict right in that like they you want you're so happy for them but my god like you have this like tornado going around in your own head like what the hell happened and this was your last iron man um according to your blog i'm not gonna yeah, i'm not no, gonna no, believe no, it until no, i see it no 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 i you know no i this will be my last people are like sure it's your last iron man my father in typical father fashion my dad's 75 Vietnam guy, cancer survivor, blah, blah, blah. He just looked at me after this race and he's like, this is so fucking stupid. I'm not coming back. <laughs> if you do this in 10 years when you're 60, I'm going to be 85. You're going to have to wheelchair me around this race. Let's let's move on. <laughs> That's what okay. my dad said. All right. my, dad has, my dad has never seen me race. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. My And my, mom's, my mom has only seen me race in Kona. Oh, so, wow. Okay. And last time I did Hawaii... I had the race of my life and I had a goal and I hit the goal and I was, I should have just stopped. I should have just stopped. But anyway, it Hindsight's is 2020. Yeah. 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 So how do you, how do you feel about it today on October 4th? Um, well, yeah, yeah I feel okay about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. I mean, I've moved on from the fact that I screwed the race up. Um, but you know, at the, at the end of the day, at the heart of the thing, I'm a competitor. Yeah. So you, are. you know, I like to compete. So I can't. I haven't. I, have, I can't figure out how to tie the season up. And I don't know if that means me racing again, not an Ironman, not long course. But if that means me racing again this season, because now the problem is, and I understand. I'm telling you, the amount of feedback that I got. I don't. I told my husband. I told Elizabeth this too. I said, I don't know what I'm doing trying to win these things. I'm not the amount of feedback and positive comments that I, I don't mean comments, positive people reaching out. First of all, nobody cares. Let's be clear. Yeah. Yes. So the only couple of people care. Second of all, my family and friends were like, okay, you're awesome. We love you. Bye-bye. Let's not, my kids were like, cause you're in college. You know, mom, I heard you didn't do great at the Ironman. I'm sorry. Can you bend me, Venmo me 25 bucks? And I mean, nobody cares. You know, nobody cares. I hear you. I hear you. And hear the people you. that you want to care not sure who that many people care well, they care so about your health they want you to be they they were yes. worried about you but they weren't yeah. worried about your performance the way nobody that you cared about, about my race yeah and then yeah. finally people were empathetic and they were like oh well the amount of feedback that i got that people privately reached out to me the amount of coaching inquiries i got it was it was, was mind-boggling to me because i think it finally put me on a uh, you know i've been doing this a long time and I'm super consistent. And I, when you really screw up really bad, I think it just makes people realize, oh, okay, you She's you human. get this. And then I literally called two of my athletes over the past couple of years that DNF'd at races and said, God, I hope I handled that as a coach really well, because it, I hope I didn't just brush that over and was like, oh, yeah. I'm sorry that you DNF'd. Let's yeah. move on. Because there's such an emotional side of the DNF with an Ironman that I wasn't prepared for. I yeah. just wasn't. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, honestly, just circling back, that's why I came to you guys is because you are like steady eddies and like this fountain of knowledge. And, but I mean, yeah, the biggest thing when I saw that go off and Liz, I was trying to track you, but couldn't. And I'm like, wow, that's, this, this is interesting. Like my, <laughs> my, like you're my idols and they're have and not, not that I wanted you to have bad days, but it's, it's, it's helpful to see, right? It's just helpful to see. And of course, you know, we're glad that your health is okay and it's not a bigger issue, Jen. Um, but yeah, yeah. So thank you for sharing those stories. And I know this has been a really long podcast, but we got to finish I'm off. Too much. I'm sorry. No, you don't. It was, uh, people wanted to know, someone emailed us, Jen, wanting to know what happened. Oh, I, 
the amount of another mother runner people that have told me, I got a text today flying home from Rhode Island from Stacey Johnson on AMR saying, hey, when are you podcasting? We want to hear about your race. I'm like, I just did a blog. Who else, what else do you want to do? <laughs> I'm like, but I think it just, it just makes people realize, listen, we're all human. We all make mistakes. I made mistakes. Well, Elizabeth didn't make mistakes. She had bad shit luck. Yeah. So stuff happens. Yes. And I think sometimes we have to, you know, well, I went into the race healthy. Elizabeth went into her race stressed about her IT ban. So we are humans and we have the same private challenges and issues that other athletes have. Yeah. And for the most part, you know, obviously we can, we can overcome them, but sometimes we just can't. Yeah. And yeah. you have to move on. It was kind of like I said, all week after my Ironman, I put my head down on my pillow. I was exhausted from talking to everybody, exhausted from suppressing my feelings. And I just couldn't cry. I just couldn't do anything. I was like, numb. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I can totally see that. I can totally see that. Well, so um, so let's just talk for one more. Like, we have one more small race story because it kind of all wraps it all up. And he's not even here to defend himself. So that's oh. the best part is we get to talk. <laughs> We get to talk about someone who, um, so, so Chris, or is it Chris or Christian? Is it, what does he prefer? Either Liz? one. He goes by okay. Chris. Okay. Chris, Chris, um, was out at the race that I did. Chris is Liz's husband and, um, he had won and correct me if I'm wrong, but he won the sprint national championship and the Olympic national championship for his age group. And so wanted the triple crown, which is the, the long course national championship, which was the race that I was at, but he was doing the full triathlon. And Liz, you had told me that he was going to be out there. Um, I saw him um, speeding by me on the bike. He definitely was somebody who passed me. <laughs> I was not going to catch. Um, but I saw his multi-sport mastery blue kid. And I was like, oh, that must be Chris. Um, and then I saw him going out on the run. He was like at mile five. And that's the, the run and the bike um, coming in uh, to where the race race center was, um, you know, past each other. So I saw him and I was like, go Chris. And he kind of waved at me. I don't know if he knew who I was or anything, but I was just like, I knew who he was at that point because I was the only person in that um, kit. And so then, um, then I finished my race. I ambled across the finish line. And then I sat on my bench where I had my moment and I was waiting to take a picture of him that I was going to text to you, Liz. And I never saw him. And I was like, oh, I must have missed him because I talked to Grant and stuff. And maybe I just missed him. But I mean, it, again, it was not a densely populated race. So maybe I, I don't know what I did. But anyway, so I, I track him just to see because then I'm like, OK, I can catch him at the finish line. Well, he falls off the tracker at mile 11 and a half, right, of a half marathon, right? Um, and I get this text from you saying, you know, have you seen Chris? And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, I haven't. But I'll go check him because I'm kind of glad because the awards, you know, they have to wait for the triathletes to finish. So I have like like an hour and a half to kill before I can get my podium picture, which of course I'm going to get. And so um, go to the timing tent. They have no information. I go to the med tent. They're like, no, we haven't had any emergencies. We would have heard it over the radio. So then I start walking out the course, um, which is, you know, you, they had to cross the finish line, which is just brutal, or cross by the finish line shoot before they could come back and actually finish. So I, like, there was like three mile run left, basically, where I was. So I start walking out, find a referee, tell her what's going on. And she's like, I saw him, I saw him. And I'm like, and, and this was now like 45 minutes later and he was hauling, you know, like Jen was hauling in her race, you know, like going what, like seven minute miles, seven twenties or something. Like he should have been done a long time ago. And I'm texting with you, Liz saying, I'm wondering, and there's a, this part of the trail that they're on that like, 
maybe he went off and went to the bathroom because you had told me he wasn't feeling great, right? He, he had traveled and he had kind of an upset stomach or wasn't, wasn't feeling good. And I mean, at this point in the story, Dimity, this has become like a true crime. And it really has. I'm like, no, I it, was. It, was, <laughs> it was so funny because I was doing yard work and I checked him on the tracker and I saw that he was in first place. He was passing people. And I'm like, he's, he's got it. He's I'm just going to go yeah. back here. Like, you know, cutting my hostas down. And, <laughs> and then I checked to see him finish and, and I'm like, Oh, huh. Okay. Maybe his stomach went south and he's walking. And then it turned out that even if he had still been walking this, a really long time had elapsed. And you had even said, would he have gone off in the woods and taken a nap? And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, that's totally something my husband would do because he's done that on training rides before. But, um, no, he, he, I think, Jiminy, you were ready to uh, sick the state well, police. Well, the police, yeah. So, yeah. So then I was like, <laughs> I mean, I was really nervous. And I was like, God, and I don't, I mean, I, all I know is I know what, what he's wearing, which is thankful. You know, I'm glad I at least know that. And and the referee had saw him, seen him. I was like, yeah, he's, you know, he's got a multi-sport. I think he's a little bit shorter. He's Asian, right? He um, is. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, she's like, oh, yeah, he was hauling. I was like, I know. So where is he? And so, um, so then I go get in my car and I try to drive like the turnaround point is, has a road intersection. So I try to, I try to drive out there and these like golf cars start chasing me because I'm not, I can't go out that way. Cause that's the run course. <laughs> so they have to like lead me out a different way. And, you know, I've got this whole story going and we can't find him and he's gone. And, you know, I get out there, the police, um, I, I find a trooper. I write at the turnaround. Well, first of all, the aid station volunteers were, um, not helpful, like two, like third, well, not 13, probably 15 year old boys. And they're like, I don't know. I don't know. We didn't see him. I'm like, okay. So then the policeman, he calls in like his deputy and I, we're about to like, I'm like, I don't want to like alarm anybody, but literally like we saw him at 11 and a half and now he's just gone. And, um, and, and I turn around and I pick up my phone. I have it like, you know, it's lodged into my spandex and I pull it up and Liz says, I'm talking to him now. He what Liz? Oh, Dimity. I'm still not sure. All I know is that there was a Garmin file that was uploaded and he did run over 11 miles. I'm not sure where he ran those miles. Okay. Um, and there was hitchhiking involved. So oh. but incidentally, the ex-husband of someone I used to coach who I still can't figure out who it was. Oh my was, gosh. No way. Yeah. So he, he missed, he missed a turn and he said in looking back, there was a police car blocking the sign for the turn. Now, yes, of course, as racers, it's our responsibility to know the course. Typically in a race, there is a volunteer directing you. Um, but my husband's one of those people who's usually at the front of a race or, yeah, you know, and, and this has happened to him before where he's just gone off course. And like a few miles later, is like, I don't know where I am. And, you know, so he, he figured it out and he was, he was really frustrated. It was interesting to see how a guy dealt with this. He was really frustrated. He was really angry. And I said, well, okay, you know, things happen. Yeah. Just be grateful that you know you had the fitness to do what you set out to do. You're healthy. You know, it's it's a it's a learning lesson and you just have to move on from it. But, you know, he, ne he needed a good like 48 hours to get it out of his system. Yeah. And I texted him too, if you don't notice, but I texted him and I said, hey, listen, if you're trying to win the DNF contest, you, you you didn't win this one because you didn't right. pick yourself. So yeah. nice try. <laughs> but it, so, it just it this this whole like conversation that we've had today just shows the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. And 
no matter how experienced you are, how fast you are, how many races you've done, you are susceptible to all of it. Yeah. And, and, yes. and it happens. And I, I really appreciate that, you know, because especially because you, I, you know, as somebody who, you know, typically finishes in the middle of the pack, I off, you often think that people that race at the front of the pack have it all dialed in, right? They have it dialed up. They have, they know what they're doing. They're so much more focused than I am. They're so much more, this is what I tell myself. I don't know that everybody does that, but you know, I just feel like there's a big disparity about their focus and my focus and their capabilities and my capabilities. And the reality is, is it can go off course for anybody and anybody who wants to take their focus and their capabilities up to the front of the course, you can with time and staying engaged and no regrets, right? <laughs> yes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you guys, I just adore you too. I am so thankful to have this whole journey with you. Um, just thank you. Thank you for sharing your stories today. Thank you for coaching me um, to uh, one of the best races of my life. And um, yeah, I look forward to, to more, more podcasts and more training in the future. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. It was awesome.